0: this is lisa and if you want to catch up with me you can find me on twitter at iltm podcast i'm also on instagram under i love that movie podcast um and i wanted to take a moment to thank our supporters on patreon that's right we've started an i love that movie patreon so want to thank the following people that signed up right away um jeff widman michael cross samantha grace and david gillespie Guys, thank you so, so much. You have no idea how much this means to me. After two years of the podcast, I've just decided that it's time to start expanding, and so I need a little bit of support. And uh, once again, nothing changes. My content is free. But if you want to support the show, you can head over to our Patreon. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, The other thing I want to point out is if there's another way you wanted to support us, you could also go to our Teespring store. Now we've got shirts. I added mugs and bags in case shirts aren't your thing. So check that out, too. Um, I think that's all I've got to plug. I'm going to be covering the Frame for Frame Film Festival, but I'll release an episode on that next week. That's an Arlington Film Festival. It's really cool. A big focus on diversity. A great event. I will give you guys more information on that soon but I'm done with plugs. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our new guest. We've got Joseph George here today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Joseph.
1: Hi, I'm Joseph. Um, I'm basically a really big movie buff, and I just work at IT at a community college. And I think we, actually I looked it up, we met earlier this year in March at All-Con, And
0: yeah. I think you were at our panel. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I was that I was not at the uh, flash Gordon. I was like the one after where you interviewed uh, Christopher. Arden.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah, that was cool. That was so last minute. He was basically like, I'm about to do a panel right now. Do you want to come do it with me? And I was like, okay. And so I just kind of wandered in. It was sort of a trial by fire situation, but it was really fun. Um, yeah, so we've kind of hung out a little bit since then. Yeah, mostly regarding Christopher Armin. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of events here in the DFW area, so we've hung out a few times. And you had expressed interest in wanting to be on the show, so I was like, yes, please come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, movies, I, I love movies, so yeah.
0: so, So, uh, Joseph, um, our guest always picks the movie, so what movie are we, we going to talk about today? Now, we're picking
1: The Monster Squad.
0: Yep, The Monster Squad came out in 1987, and um, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on the movie, but before we get to that, I'm going to read the synopsis right. really quick. Um, this is kind of a cult classic film. We'll get into the facts about why, but here is the synopsis. Of five youngsters find themselves up against the combined might of Dracula, the mummy, the gill man, and Frankenstein's monster, who arrive in a town Uh, In town in search of a magic amulet. Ooh, spooky! (laughs) Sounds like my kind (laughs) of movie.
1: Is it perfect for Halloween?
0: Yeah, it really is. And spooky season starts early in this house, so I'm all for it. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So, Joseph, when did you first
1: see this movie? I saw this. uh, It was probably either 1991 or 1992. I was about ten or eleven years old. I'm not really sure the exact time frame, but uh around that age. So
0: like the target market age, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I
1: had to cool. call my mom and see is like, hey, when did I watch Monster Squad a whole lot?
0: <laughs> Man, so I have a confession. I did not see this movie till I was an adult. And I think probably the first time I saw it was maybe earlier this year. Like I was aware of it vaguely, but I think I would have seen it sooner had I known what it was about. So, yeah. I feel like that's a story you kind of hear a lot, though, because it's kind of, when I was doing research on it, um, you know, it's kind of under the radar a little bit, right? I mean, it it is considered a cold classic Mm -hmm.
1: film. Yeah, it was like uh, the first time I saw it was on VHS in that golden age of video rental. (laughs) (laughs) Before (laughs) Netflix. Yeah, yeah. We just had to go to the video store on a Friday and grab a whole bunch of movies and watch them all over the weekend. Um, yeah, especially the town I'm from was really small, so it was just basically me and a friend uh, who always, always went there and grabbed movies. And like, this is one of my like top probably five movies. So
0: good choice. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I totally remember those days of just, especially towards the end, I think of, you know, video stores, heyday, it was like they would stack up the rewards in a way like they would be like, rent five movies for a dollar or you know what I mean? Like they were trying. And so I saw a bunch of films that way back then, too. Um, This film, I have a couple of quick facts I wanted to run through, too. And uh, if you have any Uh, facts you want to jump in with, or if you have thoughts on it, feel free. I have a lot of facts, so. (laughs) Awesome. I love to hear that. So my first one is that the film is said to be a blatant ripoff of the more well-known kid horror adventure film, The Goonies, which came out in 1985, two years earlier. Uh, Eventually, the film gained cult status and popularity. I will say I'm surprised to read that because I heard that a lot when I was looking things up. I don't see this as no. a Goonies ripoff, like, at all. Like, I'm kind of surprised no, people no. think that.
1: Right. I, I think it's just because of the time frame. Mm-hmm. That when Goonies, Goonies came out and then eventually, yeah, Monster Squad came out. But I think right. that's just the whole similarity. That's I think that's where that ends.
0: Yeah, it's like, I guess there's a cool kid, um, a child that's heavier- Right which is always a big issue for some reason in eighties yeah. movies, <laughs> like something I guess we've really moved away from for obvious reasons, but there's a few ingredients mm-hmm. that are there, um I guess even with uh oh man, I can't remember his name, but the big tall guy in the goonies oh chong yeah. Chong what's his name I, yeah <laughs> I can't remember, but anyway, he um uh, You know, I I guess that's kind of like Frankenstein in this movie, but I don't know. It's different enough. And yeah, when you look back on, I guess, this time frame, maybe from the 80s to the 90s, -hmm. you know, I'm thinking of like, it wasn't just the Goonies. There was Stand By Me. There was The Sandlot. Like, there was a lot of these like kid films. Um, So I think it really stands on its own. And I think, you know, I love the Goonies. I'm a huge Goonie fan, but I would say this movie is like funnier. It's definitely got like a drier, edgier tone to it. And that's for obvious reasons, <laughs> but, um, I, I think it's different enough. So I was kind of surprised to read that, but I think you're right. I think it was maybe at the time when it came out, it was viewed that way. And then in retrospect, we're seeing how, how different it actually is.
1: Right. I mean, no, it was sloth, by the way.
0: <laughs> sloth. Okay. I could not remember. I said chonk, but you know, that, that was yeah. wrong. <laughs> um, also, this movie came out about six months before another movie written by Shane Black, so now we know why it's so witty. Uh, "Lethal Weapon." So this was like a kind of a big year for him, at, at least in terms of stuff coming out that he wrote. Obviously, "Lethal Weapon" was a much bigger hit, but I thought that was interesting that it was, you know, six months uh, before this, before "Lethal Weapon." So he kind of wasn't as notable yet. see um the last one i have is that according to the director fred decker the film was cut by 13 minutes because some executives didn't want it to run more than 90 minutes i think the timing on this movie is pretty tight though i don't feel like it's too rushed
1: no yeah the timing of it is just perfect it
0: is it's like there's so many rapid fire jokes there's so much action but i feel like there's not a minute wasted, and I think they did a good job of condensing it. Like I think that if it were too long, I don't know, a lot of like horror and kids movies specifically don't work when they're really long. <laughs> so I think it was a good choice to cut it down to 90 minutes.
1: I think the runtime is like 88 minutes or something like that, but it's like yeah, it's super short.
0: Yeah. It's super close. Yeah um i you mentioned you had a couple of facts did you want to spit out a couple of quick facts before we move on
1: Uh, yeah let's see here um oh let's see uh the uh the gill man uh they wanted to see no seams in the costume so he was actually glued into the costume
0: i saw that in like film days are like 12 hours So that's like 12 hours of not going to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. not being able to eat anything. And I think he couldn't even like see in it. I mean, that is like terrifying to me. (laughs) When we were watching the behind the scenes, I out loud, I went, that's not okay. (laughs) Like I would not have been okay with that. I would have been like, isn't there a union or something? Like this poor guy is stuck in this costume. It looked really good though. (laughs)
1: And um, let's see. Another one is uh, Rudy is the only one who calls him Horace. Oh. everyone else calls him the fat kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Horace is not the most charming name. So it's kind of like <laughs> between yeah. Horace or Fat Kid, this kid just cannot get a break in the film. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> But that's nice. Right, I liked yeah. Rudy.
1: And uh Um Yeah, Rudy Rudy was the best. Um oh yes, and uh the original kind of uh, pitch idea for it was our gang meets the universal monsters. So like, uh, what was it? Alfalfa and Buckwheat.
0: Yeah. I I heard some of the uh, actors say that, that it's like little rascals meets universal monsters. I I love that concept. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's, that's pretty perfect. It's like, if the little rascals were maybe a little more, um, Streetwise, or I don't know, right, yeah, 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 a little more modern. Um, mm-hmm. So the next thing I kind of wanted to discuss a little bit was that this was written by Shane Black, as I mentioned earlier. Right. He directed the Nice Guys, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, he wrote the Lethal Weapon movies, um, Last Action Hero, one of my favorites, and an episode that we did, The Long Kiss Goodnight, <laughs> Iron Man Three, and he also wrote the Nice Guys too. Um, and it was directed by Fred Decker, who I don't have a ton of information on, but I do know that he was a huge fan of comics and specifically uh, horror comics and also uh, like the yeah. universal horror movies, uh, which in the film, they say, are from the 40s, but actually mm-hmm. were filmed in the 30s. <laughs> so can't, can't fault this kid for not, you know, the kids in the movie for not knowing when exactly they were filmed, but did want to point that out. but. Yeah, so he was a big fan. So he and Shane Black wrote this together. Although, although they weren't often in the same room together, I think they only wrote like one scene yes. truly together. And you can't really That's tell that from really watching cool. the movie. I think it flows so well.
1: The, um, the, the one scene was the uh, the kids approaching the scary mansion, and Horace like, "Hey, what about bath club or <laughs> nature club?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like all the lines the kids have in this movie are amazing. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I said I like the Goonies a lot. I love Stand By Me. But there is some really good comedic timing in this film with all mm-hmm. the one-liners right. that the kids have that feel really authentic and timely. Like I'm thinking of um, one of the kids talks about a war that recently happened or something. And they're like, World War II. And then that little girl goes, Nom, And they look at her and she's like, and yeah. Rambo. And I just thought that was such a funny, like just throwaway line. And they have a ton of those to where I think you don't have time to sort of, you know, there could be a version of this movie where it's just mm-hmm. silly and dumb and it's just for kids. But I think the humor in this film is what keeps it, it from ever going there because the kids are like a little too smart. They're a little too funny for real kids. But the script is just so good. It really right. works for uh, for the film. Yeah, yeah.
1: And with with child actors, you know, they're it's just the way they say the lines is just natural. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just gives like a little bit more believability to it.
0: Yeah, like I, I thought I felt that way, even in the beginning when um the the main kid, uh, Andrew Gower or Sean okay. in the movie, he uh he, you know, makes that comment about the teacher like, right. I can't believe, you know, she got married and the priest was okay with it and like just all these funny things that I totally remember being around that age and being just like a little jerk and uh and you say stuff and everybody says stuff so they wrote lines for the kids where like I said it's almost a little too smart for them but at the same time you can imagine a kid saying it so the children don't have a hard time delivering those lines you know they're not trying to say a sentence or a Mm -hmm. word that they can't comprehend and so it's the The uh, delivery is natural, and I I really think they did a good job with that in this movie. It kind of makes me sad. Like, I wish they could have done more, you know, more movies like this, but yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, um, was it Fred Decker? His only one credit before this was he directed um, Night of the Creeps.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind
1: of has like a kind of almost like the same dialogue. So, and I think like,
0: Oh, and gotcha. Him and Shane
1: Black were college roommates, how that story goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, it looks like they were, uh, Decker was rejected by USC and UCLA, and so he Black. wound up attending, UCLA film school, sorry. So he wound up attending UCLA as an English major, and that's when he met Shane Black, who, like you said, was his uh, colleague, so, yeah. And that's how they met. And we're so happy they did.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, definitely.
0: I think you can say, you know, there there have been some hits that Shane Black has done and some misses, but I love his dialogue. Um, There's so many films that I love that he did. Like I said, I really like the Lethal Weapon movies, Last Action Hero, and obviously Long Kiss Goodnight is something that I still quote to this day. So (laughs) if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to that one too. Uh, it was so fun. It's just weird. It was one of those movies we watched over and over again growing up. So it was just so fun to get to talk about it. Um, so let's, uh, I guess let's let's dive in. Uh, I would say the the roster of names here. Again, it's a cult classic film, and a lot of these people are not necessarily household names. So I'm not going to run through all their credentials, but they'll definitely pop up as we talk about them. Um, so let's talk about some of your favorite scenes, like. Well, what are some of your favorite scenes from this movie
1: um all right so first off like every scene that dracula is in is just
0: yes amazing <laughs> his name is uh duncan regger is that right
1: uh yeah, rigar
0: somebody out there knows
1: yeah some but but yeah every every scene he's in is dracula is just amazing
0: I know it's perfect. It really makes me want to have like a Dracula costume. Like he makes that character look cool in like the mm-hmm. silliest movie. Like, I don't know. You're you're so right. He's the he's the best bad guy.
1: Yeah, I think um uh Wizard Comics magazine did a uh, they do they used to do a uh, 100 villains and number 30 was Dracula, but it was this Dracula. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, 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 and not, not the Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. I will
1: go see Christopher Lee or um, <laughs> I think Franklin Jella. It was Duncan so. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's awesome. He did do a good job. And you've got to, like in a yeah. movie like this, again, you have to have like a really good villain and he's believably scary, but he's fun right. to watch and he just fits the tone of the movie really well. And um, yeah. basically...
1: Yeah, all the Dracula scenes and then the the climax at the end of the movie is just nonstop greatness.
0: <laughs> it really is. It's so awesome like when you finally get to see uh I think it's Rudy like fight a monster cuz I feel like they're called the monster squad and they're leading up to it but it's like you don't actually see them fight anybody. Right. You see them prepare and so that that part of the movie for me mm-hmm. I I love that scene where he's shooting all those yeah. like stakes. I told Nick, I was like, man, that needs to be my Halloween costume. I'll be that kid. We need to put together a monster squad. Like, (laughs) this is so fun. I was saying that on Twitter, too, that, like, I love all the classic uh, monsters. And I've always wanted to do, like, a Halloween group where, like, somebody's the mummy and somebody's Frankenstein and somebody's Dracula. But I feel like, I don't know, I guess they're done so much, like, nobody ever wants to do that. But, you know, putting that out there in the universe, guys, I would love to do that. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed that part of the movie too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then the, the montage of all of them. Yes.
0: <laughs> What's the name of the kid that, uh, called that writes that letter to the army?
1: Oh, uh, Eugene.
0: Okay. Yeah. Eugene, um, Michael Faustino. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's so hilarious the way that that comes into play later because he's writing that letter and like that kid writing the dog licks it and then later the the army shows up which is just like perfect I don't know (laughs) just so good
1: (laughs) yeah um let's see oh and then the uh the death of the mummy oh yeah
0: probably
1: one of my favorite action scenes it's just like oh yeah that's how you would kill a mummy <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love it. Um there was Oh yeah. Um yeah, going back to uh to Dracula, um they were mentioning that he, uh, all through this time he was more of like up up to this movie, he was more like a comic book villain basically. Oh really? And so Yeah, and so he wanted to play him as more of like an aristocrat because, you know, he's a count. Yeah. So, yeah, he he just has that regal appearance to him. Yeah,
0: totally. That's interesting because I do think that influence later retellings, like when you think about the uh, Coppola film, um, which Mm -hmm. is another movie that I really love.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And and the way that, uh, what's his name? Gosh, I feel like every time we record, like literally every fact goes out of my brain, Old- possible Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, I think like the way Gary Oldman played Dracula, I mean, it, it was definitely that more regal, mm-hmm. you know, telling it from the uh, perspective of it being a love right. story, like the novel is. Um, and and I do really like that. So that's interesting that he, you know, this actor mm-hmm. uh, yeah. influenced that that's pretty cool. I really like the plot of the movie. Like I, I did watch it. I watched it a couple of times actually. And um so I was sort of piecing together because I feel like so much happens in this movie that I kind of forget how it began, kind of thing. Cause I mean it happens so fast. Right. So like it starts off with the monsters. Um well it starts off with this setup that, you know, a hundred years ago a monster squad tried to fight these monsters and put an end to them, but they failed. And oh. then um, you know, the monsters in modern day, are being flown to the U.S., uh, but Dracula wakes up, and then uh, the kids meet that German guy who's actually Jewish, yeah. um, which they reveal with the tattoo later. I feel like that was a big thing in the '80s too, right? Like, I feel like that came up a lot, <laughs> like sneaking in some thoughts on like the Holocaust and things like that. Kind of interesting, I guess, just because at that time there would have been a lot more people alive that had been through that, but um,
1: right, yeah. he never
0: corrects the kids. He never tells them anything about that, but it's just kind of in the background of that old man's house. Like you see a menorah and stuff like that. little, little hints here and there, but they're afraid of him. <laughs> they think he's like an evil German and uh, he helps them read that book that they found. Uh, his mother found it like in an estate sale. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, um, yeah, he, he helps them translate it. And then Next, we see the amulet. Like all that stuff happens so quick, and it's so convenient. But I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I really do enjoy the beginning because you're like, you're so used to that story of, hey, yeah, there's Van Helsing, he's gonna fight Dracula, and oh wait, they screwed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's a little bit of foreshadowing with that girl that's like trying to say all the lines really fast, mm-hmm. the virgin. In. Yeah. <laughs> and, and- looks i mean her delivery and how she's acting looks almost identical to that girl at the end <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that isn't really a virgin which i loved that part yeah. i laughed so hard at that yeah. part but. there's so many awesome moments like that in this movie of like the kids interacting um and talking to each other uh later in the yeah. film that you find out that they have to get a virgin to read this transcript like you saw at the beginning of the movie and that girl is um Emily, is that right? Or is Emily the little girl?
1: Yeah, Emily is the the teenager. is okay. Phoebe, the little girl.
0: Phoebe's a little girl, and Emily is uh, Eugene's sister? Whose sister is she? Yeah, okay. So yeah. Eugene?
1: Or, no, no, no. Uh, not Eugene's sister. It's uh, Sean. No, Sean. Not uh, Patrick? Patrick. Patrick? Patrick, okay.
0: Yeah. Sorry, guys, there's a lot of kids <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um, so Patrick's sister, Emily, is you know a babe they live next door and um she's the closest in their minds virgin they can find i I love the scene where they ask her if she's a virgin it's Mm -hmm. hilarious um and you know later at the end of the film when she's reading it she has to admit as she's stumbling through it like she's not actually a virgin so then they have to get a second kid (laughs) and they go with phoebe which i do think there's kind of a funny play on that scene later in um in the movie Hocus Pocus, which right. obviously owes so much to this film, um, I prefer this one to Hocus Pocus, to be honest. But I like Hocus Pocus too a lot. And that virgin thing comes up a yeah. lot, and they come up with the novel idea of a guy could also be a virgin, um, and so that comes into play again. But I really feel like having the background right. of this movie before you see Hocus Pocus kind of makes that even funnier um, because it obviously influenced it. But I just thought that was that was pretty interesting. I, I love the little sister Emily and how she, she wants to be in the monster squad so bad. And because she's a girl, the guys cannot picture her being in it. She has to try so hard. It's not until she finds Frankenstein that she finally has a way in. And I, I just thought that was so great. Right.
1: Yeah, she, she brings the greatest gift to the monster.
0: Squad. <laughs> An actual monster.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like when he's in the house with them or in the tree house and he's creeping them out mm. <laughs> and Horace just goes, well, he is really gross, Sean. <laughs> Just yeah. the whole uh, concept of it. And I think that's also the same scene where Rudy's getting his Monster Squad quiz, right?
1: Um, I think the Rudy scene was earlier.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a little bit earlier. You know, you're the <laughs> expert. You've seen the movie a bunch of times. <laughs> okay. I, I like Rudy too. Like, I think he's a really interesting, cool guy because. I don't know. It's like a lot of times he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be the guy that would be like beating them up, but he really gels with them and he gets along with them so well. They don't really explore why, other than maybe he's just even though he looks really Mm -hmm. cool, he's still kind of a an outsider, I guess. But I I really, I really enjoy his character.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's he's like with the junior high school kid. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he. I mean, right off the bat, you're kind of cool with him because. He's saving Horace from the bullies. I mean,
0: yeah, that's such a really cute like- scene. <laughs> he makes that other yeah, kid this- eat that candy bar. <laughs> eat it! It's so funny. You just remember, like, being a kid and like something like that yeah. just being so humiliating. Just something that seems so ridiculous as an adult, but very, very funny.
1: Yeah, just like skidding up on the bike, striking the match, lighting his cigarette on his penny loaf. That's
0: so cool. <laughs> <Just> eat it. <laughs> I love it
1: <laughs> but I mean
0: he's also awesome. I mean
1: really, the bully is a monster, so
0: true, yeah the the bigger monsters in the movie you could even say, yeah, yeah, I like that, and I like the shop class scene too. uh, you were talking about the montage earlier. The idea that uh that Rudy could make silver bullets in shop class is pretty funny to me, like. <laughs> Um, it, it doesn't seem feasible now that any kids I don't even know if shop class is a thing that happens anymore but I, they certainly wouldn't allow kids to make bullets now so that was no, kind of like, funny
1: I I remember being I had a shop class and we
0: made branding irons
1: that was our big project but...
0: <laughs> I don't think we even had one at my school but I went to like a tiny yeah. private school but um, yeah I just I enjoyed that part let's see Somebody on Twitter, I'm trying to remember their name, um, said <laughs> made the comment, oh, I think it was Dark Tower Radio. They were like, I can't get over the end of that movie where Dracula calls that little girl a bitch.
1: <laughs> just- right, yeah. <laughs>
0: I was like, Yeah, it's like it's I don't know. It's like when even when it happens in the movie, like I guess I just gloss over it. But then when someone phrased it that way, I was like, that did happen. <laughs> That did happen. (laughs) But I I read that the actor that that plays uh, Dracula, he had to have those like red contacts in and they were horribly Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. I mean, probably at the time this was filmed, they were probably glass, first of all. So that was a thing that used to happen, guys. Um, And he didn't want to wear them. And also he knew that they would scare the actress that played Emily. And so he didn't want to have them in for very long. And I read that that scene, you know, her scream is like authentic because she's terrified of how he looks.
1: Plus he's like hissing at her.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like traumatizing for a child, but hopefully she's okay now. She's, she's processed it. She's good. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was like rapid (laughs) fire. I just had a lot of scenes I was thinking about. (laughs) Did you have any other ones that you wanted to touch on?
1: Uh, Let's see here. See, so we touched on the scary German guy's house. Um, oh yeah, everybody had like a surplus of dynamite.
0: <laughs> it's eighties. Everyone does. Yeah, it's like very Michael Bay esque. Right. <laughs> so much dynamite. I feel like it's because it's through the lens of like how kids view the world. I feel like a lot of the mm-hmm. movie is. You know, so it's kind of like, th- that's what they they probably thought that. Like, I think I thought that as a child because of cartoons. I'm like, Dynamite's everywhere. I can just go get it. <laughs> so that's why there's so much of it in the movie, maybe. I can just order from Ac- Acne
1: Surplus.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be here in no time. So did you know any of the kids in this movie or any of the actors to be in any other films?
1: Um... No, I think they were mostly did TV.
0: Okay, so they were probably big and in TV at the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I had no clue who anybody was.
0: Yeah, I know the actors that played Sean and Patrick. I think they were friends in real life, and they had worked together, too. I really like Sean's dad. I, I don't think we've touched on that yet, but uh, he's the cop. Uh, he's He's got an interesting look, and I don't know. I like the dialogue between him and his partner at the station. Oh, um, you yeah. could sort of see like that lethal weapon vibe to, uh-huh. to their interactions it's very like rapid fire and funny i feel like those scenes are usually ones that you kind of want to skip and get past because the cops are never important in a story like so, this but they're funny enough to where they carry the scene
1: yeah just the whole scene at the museum was was just great it was like
0: <laughs> did yes you- oh yeah the museum we didn't even talk about that
1: like, did you take the mummy no okay i give up this is too tough let's be firemen <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's like okay well how did he leave yeah when they're asking that a uh, security yeah. guard and they're trying to figure it out um yeah there's all these like weird things that keep happening and i guess because uh sean sean overhears some of it that's how he starts right. to learn that there are monsters afoot because there's that and then there's the call that the uh um werewolf makes to the station about, you know, he's he's a werewolf and he needs help and he's like, he's coming after your son Which do you kind of feel sorry for the werewolf in this movie?
1: Oh yeah, that definitely
0: yeah it's like not his fault I like I'm on his side and when he finally gets killed I was like not fair like that guy tried so hard to survive but I I know you're not supposed to focus on that he was a monster but I had sympathy for him I I didn't think he should have died
1: and and he thanked Rudy so
0: that's true he was like thank you which I feel like is a very traumatizing moment in Rudy's life like a lot to process there with the vampires and then that scene (laughs) Um, I love Horace's big moment where he gets to fire that gun. <laughs> yes. And what are they they're yes. like, thanks, fat kid, and he's like, My name is Horace. <laughs> it's like that's his big moment, and then his name is just Horace. I just I don't know. There's something really funny yes. about that. And one of the bullies <laughs> was uh the brother from The Wonder Years. That's that's what I recognized him yeah. from.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the oh uh the guy who played um the guy before he turned into the Wolfman uh-huh. was uh, John Grease, who's in uh Napoleon Dynamite.
0: Oh, okay. I'm going to have to look that up. That's that's funny. Yeah. I, and I think the mom, too. Oh, yeah. uh, like, Sean's mom. Wasn't she from the Goonies? Yeah, she's
1: Goonies, Lethal Weapon. Um, yeah. I think a lot, a lot yeah. of that 80s. <laughs> 80s the mom.
0: 80s mom. <laughs> Like in the very first scene, I was like, she looks like such a mom. Like, and I, I pointed at her and I said, Nick, women moms used to dress like right. that. Like she, it looks so formal now. Like, you know, moms are like in t-shirts and jeans, but back then it's like this, she's just yeah. at home all day and she's wearing like this really nice dress. I I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. His poor mom. <laughs> i love the how inept the parents are in movies like this it's like that's how kids view uh adults i think it's like adults yeah. are dumb i mean they even say yeah. that in the movie like let's not involve the adults <laughs> no adults um they're they're the heroes they're there to save the day at the end, so yeah, and
1: plus like their marriage is ending all the way through
0: <laughs> i know yeah i feel sorry for the kid like you gotta wonder what's going on there with him like um because in, in the beginning right he wants to see a movie and his dad's like i don't have time and we're going right. to marriage counseling and <laughs> he doesn't yeah. the kid go again and or he he's like still and then he's like you're still smoking i mean yeah. this little kid is such a i don't know he's he, he's the best He's he's got all these mm-hmm. rapid fire he knows exactly what's going on in this household and it's like you right, can kind of yeah. tell the parents think that this is all above his head but it's really not well, who knows? Maybe their marriage got better after all this monster business, you know? Maybe that, that helped patch things up yeah, for them. Yeah,
1: they They seemed better at the end, yeah. so we'll
0: see. I mentioned the uh, old man earlier. I love how on board he is with all of this. Like, he doesn't really question it when they ask him to translate that book. He does it. In the whole right. movie, he's just like, let's go back to my house and have some pie. Like, he's just happy to be included. He's just happy to be there. He doesn't question anything. The monsters don't really surprise him very much. I just loved all yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Probably
1: just happy to get out of the house.
0: I know. I love that part where he's like, "There's one last thing you have to do." Or what does he say? Like he's like, "There's you can't leave until you've done one more thing." And it's like he's oh, yeah. just, just serving them pie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's also a lot of Pepsi in this film. I noticed that. That's another thing that makes it really 80s. Yeah,
1: that and the. Uh... I think they said the Pepsi and the uh, Fox one hour photo was like really.
0: Oh yeah. That's a blast from the past. I mean, when was the last time you even saw a photo lab? So that, and, and uh, they mentioned Burger King at least once or twice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could just tell like who paid for this movie.
1: (laughs) No, I'm just picturing at the end where they were kicking the church because it was locked. It's like, all right, we'll just do it out here in the courtyard. Well, why, that's great. Why don't we just do it over at Burger King?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and their whole reason for going to the church was that monsters hate the church or something. That was kind yeah, of
1: monsters me. hate religious stuff.
0: <laughs> monsters hate religious stuff. I like that's how that's what they've processed by watching all these movies. Monsters <laughs> hate religious stuff, and I think the church that they uh, film in is a pretty famous set piece in a lot of movies too. Yes,
1: I actually went to the Warner Brothers studio tour and got to go around that that little uh, church area.
0: That's so cool. Is that like, like the Warner Brothers studio lot or do you mean like the universal?
1: No, it's the Warner Brothers studio lot. Oh, okay, cool. And like, um, yeah, they've done tons of movies there, but yeah, that courtyard, um, and then, like, Sean's house, and you see, um, I think, like, in the backgrounds, like, the house they used in Lethal Weapon, and, you know, there's, like, the house from Gremlins in the background.
0: Oh, that's cool. I feel like back when they used to do that, yeah. huh? Like, I don't feel like that thing so much anymore, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I don't know. This, This movie just really felt, like, I think if you watch it now for the first time. It just feels very nostalgic and very, oh, yeah. like, 80s, and especially if you grew up in that time, if you were born in the 80s, it's it's great. But I but I even feel like if you're mm. younger and you've watched, like, Stranger Things or something like that, this would be a really fun movie to visit right. because you would see so many mm. similar things, you know, like, everybody smoking and just a lot of the same lingo and the same kind of wit to it. So I have to think that, that, that this influenced that show as well, because...
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Because I was, I was watching it for this again, and just like, oh yeah, this so much stranger things is from this.
0: (laughs) I love Sean's shirt too at the beginning. Yes, like Stephen King rules or whatever it says. (laughs) I want that shirt. I've seen
1: that shirt like I think twice. Once at Comic Con in San Diego, and once at Frightmare. And just like,
0: yeah, that sounds about right. That checks out. Again, like this film is kind of under the radar, right? I mean, right. like, not everybody has right. seen it, but you should see it.
1: <laughs> you really- should,
0: yeah. So, uh, did you have any more like scenes or facts you wanted to cover? I've only seen it a couple times, so I'm kind of like trying to think of more.
1: Yeah, I watched it like I watched it twice and then watched it with like each of the commentaries. <laughs> so-
0: oh, that would be so cool. I need to do that. I watched like a um, an interview with uh the character the actors that played Sean mm-hmm. and Patrick, and they were kind of touching on a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But it would be really fun to watch the commentary. Yeah.
1: Um. Uh, let's see, one of the things was uh, Tom Noonan, the guy who played Frankenstein's monster, because that's a that's a little. <laughs> <laughs> um. He he stayed in character the whole time. Oh, really? Like, on set? Yeah, on set, during, between takes. But that's great. Actually, very him and, him and the guy who played Dracula.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And I noticed that he's got those lifts, even though he's so tall. Like, he's got those lifts on his shoe, and I guess that's right. a nod to, like, the old movies when they had to do that. Yeah. Now it's yeah. like, they just found a guy that's tall enough, but they still added those lifts in there, and I think that's kind of cool. A lot of little nods throughout the movie to to the older films. And I guess, did Warner Brothers not own the rights to, like, the Creature of the Black Lagoon, and that's why they had to call him Gill Man?
1: Yeah, it's like, um, that was the whole, one of the whole things is they wanted, they first shopped it to Universal. Oh. And they were just like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so they finally got it with, uh, I think, Tristar. And then they were like, all right, we're going to do the Universal Monsters, but they can't be the Universal Monsters.
0: That's hilarious. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so
1: uh, Stan Winston, <laughs> the legendary effects guy, um, he basically created all of the designs for him.
0: They look really cool, like even now. I mm-hmm. I really like the way the Gill man looks especially, but I also like the way uh, uh, Frankenstein looks. I feel like it looks a little bit more modern, and he obviously paid a lot of attention to you know, adding the details and things like that. I, I think that all the monsters look pretty authentic right. and they, they don't just look, che- they could have looked much cheesier. And I think that they erred on the side of of, of them looking yeah. better. And I, that's probably because Fred Decker was such yeah. a big fan of those movies. He probably wanted to make sure that they were true. And them.
1: Um, even like nods throughout the whole movie to like um, Frankenstein approaching Phoebe. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like oh <"All> right, <laughs> I know where this is going, but <laughs> it's different. And like and like yeah. um in uh, Dracula's castle at the beginning, there's the armadillos, which were in the uh, original Lugosi Dracula.
0: That's so weird. Why were there armadillos? Do you know any more about that?
1: I, I want to think that they were looking for something other than rats. <laughs> and, look, and the armadillos are kind of exotic enough, but they're only—I think—they're only found here in Texas,
0: right? That's oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> Maybe back then, like, not everybody was super familiar with armadillos, so they were just like, "Whoa, weird creatures!" Right. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I had read that too. Um, you had mentioned before we started recording—I uh, think <laughs> earlier this week—that there is an event coming up here in Dallas. That pertains to this movie yes'
1: uh, October fourth at the uh, Alamo draft house in I believe it's Richardson that there is the documentary uh made by Aunt andre Gower uh, who played Sean. It was called wolfman 's Gotten Nards.
0: <laughs> that's so cool. I had no idea that was even coming out like that's that's really interesting, so I'm guessing he's going to be yes, there
1: yes he will. yeah and usually um Alan the draft house plays this or uh, Monster Squad around Halloween, and I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever been because something always happens to me. <laughs> and so I'm um, <laughs> really hoping this year makes the makes the uh, the change. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, one of the things that really kicked kicked this back off again, this movie, was. Um, in 2006 the draft house contacted them about doing a one like hey you want to show if we're doing a screening of the monster squad.
0: Oh wow. And,
1: and they were like why no one's going to be there.
0: <laughs>
1: and and they're like no um we sold out like two showings.
0: Oh, so that's how they got them. Yeah, see I feel yeah. like Alamo has done a good job of seeking out and advertising uh things like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a market for a lot of these cult films and yeah, maybe they're not a huge commercial right. success, but I think when we've had time to grow nostalgic for them, um, they tend mm-hmm. to sell out. Like there's so many, that's why I was kind of surprised when you mentioned it now is like, <laughs> is it sold out? Because a, a lot of their really cool stuff like that sells out. And I, I know like back in, uh, uh, I think it was March or May, um, when, uh, fan expo was here in Dallas, um, they had a Goonies showing and they had like pretty much everybody from the Goonies there, including like Sean Astin right, yeah. and, um, you know, the whole cast. And that's such an incredible oh, yeah. opportunity. You could just buy the tickets and just go. It, you know, it's kind of mind blowing. So they've done a good job of like making these uh, actors accessible um, and directors and writers um, at these screenings. So, yeah, that is so cool. I think you're right. I think that must have really kicked off everybody's enthusiasm for the film. Cause it does seem like the past few years I've just heard it more in, in passing.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, it was like all of us kind of grew up with it, watching it on video and just like trading it off with our friends. And yeah. And just kind of like, Oh yeah, I know this movie. Hey,
0: it's gonna be. It's gonna be showing at a movie
1: theater. <laughs> I'm like, oh, awesome! Let's all go.
0: Yeah, it's like all these films we grew up with, but didn't mm. necessarily get to see in theaters. You know, I feel like I'm more likely to spend movie on a money a uh, a movie on a money. I'm more likely to spend money on a movie that I already own, um, <laughs> because I like know it's good and I like it, and it's something that I might not have yeah, seen in theaters definitely. yet. Even more so than a new film. So yeah. I will go ahead and bring it to our last couple of questions here. Um, Why do you love this movie so much? Why do you think you've seen it so many times?
1: Um, Probably because it's a really tight story of a bunch of kids, kind of like a lot of the kids, like how I grew up with, um, like me and my buddies. Like what if me and my buddies went to fight monsters? I think that's kind of why I really like it.
0: I think that's a pretty good sell. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think this movie is very funny. I keep saying that, but I really do think that the kids have great delivery mm-hmm. and the lines are really funny. Um, and it, it sort of carries the film. I think the film is well done. The monsters look great, and the plot is is good. But I think like the humor in the film is really kind of what keeps kept me engaged yeah. as an adult. So I think it's a movie that kids and adults. Will love. Um, I guess if you have younger kids, you know, depending how you feel about language and some of the concepts explored, you might want to check it out first. But I don't know. I grew up in the eighties, so I think they can handle it. But, <laughs> um, but I I really think that it's a very nostalgic film that, uh, even if you're a new viewer, just you know, having in your wheelhouse stuff like Stranger Things and all these Stephen King movies that are coming out, this is like the perfect time to see this movie, in my opinion. Um, so that's my pitch. What is your pitch for why people should check out this movie?
1: If you enjoy the interactions with all the kids in Stranger Things and really enjoy monster movies, this is the perfect movie for you.
0: Yeah, and if you feel like all the kids in the Goonies are screaming too much, I've heard that criticism that yeah, that all the kids just, just scream do. for an hour and a half. It's <laughs> true they do. It's it's like because I grew up with it I really like it, but I imagine seeing it for the first time as an adult, I might be like, everyone's screaming. These kids right. don't scream that no, much. No. So uh, they're very calm and collected throughout this monster endeavor. So, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a selling point. Um, but yeah, I think everyone should check out this movie. I, I thought it was really funny. I think it ages pretty well, uh, considering. And I think that, uh, that it's a good film and that people should check it out. It's spooky season. Um, so, so check out this movie. Definitely
1: spooky season. Yeah, I mean it's a comedy but it's also really grounded in reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's also Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, the Creature from the Black mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think you know I, I mentioned uh the more recent film um Hocus Pocus has a lot of these same elements in it with bringing some of those kind of classic looking monsters. Um there's a Halloween party, just the whole movie feels really Halloweeny and exciting. And I think this movie owes um you know contributed a lot to that film so i think if you like hocus pocus this would be another good film to check out um and maybe add to your roster of halloween movies definitely yeah well joseph thank you so much for coming on thank you for taking the time to talk about this movie thank you for picking it because it was super fun to watch again i feel like it's gonna become one of my regular halloween movies like i said
1: well i'm happy
0: yay well and and you'll have to come back so you'll have to start thinking about the next movie you want to talk about
1: i already have an idea for it
0: yes can you spill it what
1: what is it um i really want to do hudson hawk
0: oh okay that's awesome i i i don't think that i've seen that all the way through (laughs) so that will be fun and that's a movie like i think you've mentioned it in the uh facebook group or or maybe just on facebook but um a lot of people chime in when you bring it up they're like oh yeah that movie that's like another one of those films that like maybe wasn't big when it came out but i feel like in retrospect people are really warming up to it so that will be fun yeah
1: again another another big video store rental
0: yeah well is there anything that you wanted to plug today before mm-hmm. you
1: go um i really don't have anything other <laughs> than i i really want people to go see this movie it's it's probably the documentary at the draft house uh, I think it's October 4th, and um, maybe if Monster Squad shows up uh, actually playing there, I would definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I agree. It would be really fun to see this in like a live oh, yeah. audience setting, um, and especially with, with the cast there. That would be really fun. So check that plus out. Plus
1: all the classic lines.
0: Yes, there's so many good. We, we didn't even get to all the one-liners. But you guys should just like look up all the one-liners in this film. There's there's some really good ones in this movie. Yeah. No surprise since it's Shane Black, but <laughs> Yeah. So, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and I hope you have a good thank one. You.
1: Thank you for having me.